0: A, uh because I want to make sure that my Texas mom is happy with me, I have two moms, one in Washington and one in Texas, uh, if you want to be part of the Christmas party and you want to bring something, make sure that, uh, you know, you let Colleen know, and uh, because you can bring stuff to the Christmas party, and we want you to bring stuff beside yourself if you'd like to do that, so make sure you do that as well. I'm just making sure I have all my bases covered this morning. I, uh, uh, let me, before I introduce our guest speaker this morning, me say that uh, our one day to fade the world is just going great this month. If you've not gotten a chance to give to that, you can just really just push us over the top. I believe it's going to be the best November that we've ever had. And uh, just looking forward to how the Lord is going to take those resources and use them. So like I said, you can still be part of that. Uh, Clarissa asked me during the video, she said, "Now I need two stickers and I'm like, I'm going to forget before the end of the service. They're back on the back table, and she's going to we'll go back and get her two stickers to go work, to where to work Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. So uh, if uh, she forgets, you can help me remind her at the end of service. Uh, one of my key uh, verses for just life, and as I'm getting to know people, and I'm really trying to uh, just assess what God is doing in and through their life is, is these words Jesus said. Uh, they said to Jesus, they kind of accused them of. You know, having a demon and and working by the power of the enemy. And he said, uh, he said that uh, that children are justified. or wisdom is justified by her children. Uh, what that means is that simply you should be able to look at the kind of people that people produce, and the wisdom of God always produces incredible fruit in the people that are walking in the wisdom of the Lord. And I say that because. We have B- uh, Bishop Aaron Blake with us, and I met Bishop when I first came to uh, Texas, and we were sitting back in my back office back there, and he w- he's done just incredible work in the area of race relations. He's, I asked him a month ago about coming in, and talking as we've been going through the sermon series. We, we, we are together, and uh, I, there was just a moment that we had where wisdom was justified through him based on what it did in me. Uh, we were talking about the, this neighborhood and the impact of of really uh, reaching people who look different than us, who live different than us, and I I was in tears because I just felt so ill-equipped, and he basically looked at me and said, it has to be you, and you may not remember this, Bishop, but he just began to speak into me, and we've traveled a couple times together doing a number of different things with, with uh, the... Uh, ministry that he's going to share with you in a few minutes. But I just want to say that when Jesus talked about uh, wisdom being justified by her children, in Bishop Blake's children, in the kingdom of God is plentiful, uh, it's rich, and it's wide. And one of the reasons that Texas district puts such an emphasis on orphan care ministry is because of the wisdom that the Lord has given Bishop Blake. Now that's not going to be fully what he's talking about today, but I say that to say that I honor this man. This man is dear to my heart. He is a brother. Uh, He is is a, a Christian father to me at a level. That when I look at him, I listen to him and I review him as one who, that every time that I'm around him, I'm going to receive something that I'm going to be able to put into my Jesus tool bag and be able to pull out at some point. So can we just give it a round of applause and thank you for Bishop Blake, Blake coming and sharing with us. So Bishop, why don't you come?
1: Praise God. Well, good morning. Well, that was a little weak, but... Uh... Good morning. All right, that's better. Let me see if I can maneuver this contraption so I can uh, I can pull that up. Okay. Uh, no. Yes. No. Maybe. Well, we're glad to be here, and I say we as as in I I have a, a with me a young lady that uh, that I met over forty years ago and over 40 years, and 40 years, uh, 50. 50 years this month, this month, I'm, I'm remembering. Uh, what day, it was on a day of the week. I asked her to be my, my wife <laughs> Uh, she was my girlfriend, my sweetheart, my honey dumpling, and all that kind of stuff, and still is. Uh 50 years ago this month. And she said, Of course, you're the handsomest and, and most charming guy in the world. <laughs> Not quite. I'm in I'm in church. So, but uh Mary Blake is here. She's my wife. Mary, just wave your hand there. <laughs> and uh and Annabelle, one of our kids, not 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 biologically, but she's one of our team members, and she is here uh as well. Pastor, Rick, thank you for inviting us to come. Uh, you have an awesome, awesome pastor and first lady. You really do. Uh, I thank God for them, and, and uh and I thank God uh, uh back back then, uh shortly thereafter. I went over to their house and and had uh, had uh, supper. Mary and I did, and uh, you know she's quite a cook. I, that's why you you know that's one of the reasons why you know you kind of stay hooked up there. Uh, so we are we are honored to be here today. When Pastor asked me to come and to share, um, uh, basically not a sermon. This this is not a sermon that I'm going to share. I just want to share with you. Um, part of what God has done to me and through me and for me in my life. Uh, see, I, I, I don't look at at race relations as a, a outside um, uh, worldly view or position. I look at race relations as God's order for the church. God did not order government to, to speak the language for us to guide us in in the sense of how we love one another. Matter of fact, you know the the whole thing about race and color just don't make any sense to me. And you know why it don't make any sense to me? Uh, because we're nothing really but organized dirt. Think about it. We're just organized dirt. Now, there, 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 is some, there is some skinny dirt. There is some not-so-skinny dirt. There is some brown dirt. There is some black dirt. There is some white dirt. But we're all dirt. When you die, guess where you're going to return? You're going to go back to what? Dirt. So why are we all tripping over dirt? But God has blessed us to celebrate our differences and not just tolerate each other. In celebration, uh, this is what happened to me. Now, for those of y'all that don't know, I just want I just wanna I just want to clarify some things because you didn't know me from my childhood. And my birth, you didn't know me, but I want you to know right now that I was born black. I, I, I don't know if you knew I've been black a long time. I don't, I don't know if you know that, I just wanted to share that with you. So when folks ask me about you know about about race and about being black, I think 70 years I've been, I've been, I've been in this skin, so I know a little bit about being black. Most of the time that I share, most of the time that I do ministry, most of the time that I do anything, I'm doing it in a a mixed area of of racial dynamics. Uh, I was the first, uh, to my knowledge, I was the first uh, director uh, of any department at the North Texas District. Many times I've been the first person of color in situations. People will ask me, well, how did you feel? I don't know how to feel anyway, but the way I feel. I don't walk into places and say, well, I feel black today. Oh, I feel this day. Because I identify with the biblical reconciliation, biblical reconciliation, biblical reconciliation, I ask God, God, what does the word of God say about us being together as one body, one, one people as God has made us what does the Bible say not what politics say not what the Republican Democrat independent not what they say but what does the Word of God say that the body of Christ need to function and operate as now I want, I want I want you to know that uh, uh, in my early life before I got received Christ I had a lot of issues about race I had a lot of issues I had to get the talk when I was a child. How to, how to drive while being black. Those things happened to me as a young man, and most young men and some young ladies in communities of color. Those things happened. But let me tell you what really happened to me as I go through uh, my story this morning, what really happened to me a few years ago. It was April the 27th, 2015. I was in Washington, D.C., and I, I had traveled because we had started the ministry Horace Harvard, Family Life and where we were really educating the government on how to respond to children and families in crisis as it leads to kids that go into foster care, adoption, sex trafficking, and those kinds of things. So they asked me to come to Washington, D.C. and, and to speak to a large group. They didn't understand the definition of faith-based, so they didn't know how to, how to re, re, respond to me. And they said, well, we, we, we really don't know the definition of faith-based, so we, can you please not mention Jesus? And uh, can you sign this document and not mention Jesus? And I said, you asking a preacher to not mention Jesus? I said, I can't sign that document. And they say, well, can you just try? And uh, I said, "Well, let me just tell you, Amen. I'll tell you right now that uh, you're off the hook, uh, but I ain't gonna promise." And uh, so I stood up, and not not intentional, I said, "Okay, everybody. Uh, God loves all children, no matter what color they are. God loves all children. Uh, how many know this song? And y'all sing along with me." I said, "I said, okay. I said, red and yellow." They are, 2,000 folks sang that song and said, Jesus loved the little children of the world. <laughs> so when I finished, they said, you are smart. You got yourself off the hook, and 2,000 folks on the hook. But in 2000, at, at 2015, I was in Washington, D.C., and I was speaking in this conference. The riots had broke out in Baltimore. Looters were everywhere, and young people were breaking in stores because of the death of Freddie Gray. I was in Washington, D.C. I had gotten a call for some pastors. to asked me to come over because they believed that it was going to be a bloodbath the next day, Uh, and when I come over and the pastors were going to stand uh, in front of the looters and the police. Immediately, I, I, I said yes. I called uh, Mary and I said, Mary, uh, have you been watching TV? This is happening. And, um, and I feel like I, I, I need to go. She said, have you prayed about it? I said, well, I just feel like I need to go. She said, have you prayed about it? I said, I will. I hung the phone up with her, got back on the phone talking to pastors, and then got tired and uh, fell asleep. I believe the Holy Spirit woke me up about mid-morning and uh, the the words of Mary came to my, my ear and said, have you prayed about it? I prayed and asked the Lord, Lord, allow me to go to Baltimore. I feel like I need to go. And the Holy Spirit said this to me, how can you go to Baltimore and reconcile race when you haven't reconciled it yourself? See, many of us, we really feel like, I'm not prejudiced. I don't feel any, any way. But maybe biblically, maybe personally, we have not reconciled race in the way that God wants to use us. Use us in our homes, use us in our communities, use us in our churches. Maybe we haven't. So as I was, as I was pondering what the Lord wanted me To say how the lord wanted me to respond god took me to seven seats of reconciliation i'm not going to cover them in detail today uh but the seven seats of reconciliation and i believe the lord was directing me through these seven seats because god wanted me to know how to process biblical reconciliation in a godly way how to process it See, sometimes, amen, if we know, those of you that cook, those of you that did Thanksgiving dinner, amen, you don't just, uh, just just pull out some bacon powder and throw it in the oven and expect to have a cake. You know there's a process. You know that there's ingredients. You know that things that you have to gather together to put them together, to mix them together, before, and then put it in the oven before it comes out to be what it needs to be. Don't you know that the God, God wants his church to process how God wants us to walk in godly reconciliation? Turn with me, if you will, in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. We're going to look at around the 17th verse. And just let me just, let me just talk to you how God talked to me that, that day. Now, it says... If I can get my glasses out, and then we'll, I'll tell you what it says. If I don't, you'll tell me what it says. It says, therefore, if any man be what? In Christ, he is a what? New creation. Now, now notice what the, that text said. If any man be in Christ, it didn't say any black man, it didn't say any white man, it didn't say any brown man, it said any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become what? New. All things are of, oh, and that was hard for me to process. All things are of God, who has reconciled us unto himself, by Jesus Christ, and then notice what else it says, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. When I saw that that morning, I said, God, now can I go to Baltimore? He said, no. I said, but God, I feel like you just told me I need the ministry of I got it. Can I go? He said, no. Notice what else is said here. The ministry of reconciliation. To it, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their transgressions unto them, and has committed unto us the words, the word of reconciliation, the revelation of reconciliation. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors of Christ. Amen. Say that with me. We are ambassadors. of. Say it again. We are ambassadors of Christ. Now, an ambassador is someone from another country that's in another country representing the other country to the other country. That's a bunch of stuff, but you understand what I'm saying. In other words, we got dual citizenship. Hello, somebody. We, we, let me tell you something. Pastor said it earlier. He said, hey, those of you that don't think you're going to have a second house, you already got a second home. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We got dual citizenship. You have citizenship here in America, but you got citizenship in heaven. We need to act like, amen, that our citizenship in heaven outranks, amen, our citizenship on earth. Let me tell you something. I, I, I guarantee you, amen, you may have a big house, but you're sure gonna have a big one when you get to heaven. Glory to God. Now, listen what it says. It says, We are ambassadors as though God did beseech you by us. Say, I pray you, in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sins, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. When God gave me that that scripture in in Washington, D.C., God said to me, now I want you to walk through the process of biblical reconciliation. My wife and I, if, if, if if we were doing the full thing, we would have a table sitting here, and we would put seven chairs here. And then we would put, first we would put a white, tablecloth over the table and this is the ambassador's table we'll put a white tablecloth that white tablecloth represents the righteousness of god see in the beginning amen amen uh, god amen stepped out on nothing and made everything and and God is holy, God is righteous. Amen. God is Alpha and Omega. God is the beginning and the end. In other words, God went over here to the beginning and He said, I believe I'll make a world. And then God went to the end, praise God. Amen. Amen. As we read in Revelation, and, and He finished everything. You and I just came along in the middle. But God made a holy, holy uh existence without sin. Then God made man. And we know the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve came along and sinned against God. Amen. Now notice, amen, amen. The the enemy used a tree to lure uh, uh, Eve away, and Adam just was fooled, impact fella. And, and, And to lure Eve away. And, but God chose a tree for Jesus to draw all men unto him. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Two trees. One brought you away from God and then one brought you through to God through Jesus Christ. So we find here, amen, in, in this text and in this relationship, God said, I want you, I want you to first of all, Understand that there's a process of walking into biblical reconciliation. He said, but you have not forgiven, Blake. I said, God, who have I, not, have I not forgiven? He said, you haven't processed it enough to where I want to do work in you so that you can do work for others. I laid in the bed Yielded to God. I said, Lord, do in me what you would have. Show me. Give me revelation, God, on how I need to become holy to you so I can serve you. Let me be an example, God. Let me be a tool, God, for biblical racial reconciliation. Not media, but biblical. Not according to whatever little core group, but biblical. So God began to walk me through it. He said, first of all, I want you to learn how to forgive. I said, God, I think I know. he said, I want you to listen to me. I want to, he said, here in Ephesians 4:32. Hope you're writing this down. See, one thing I found out when God was talking to me, I realized how hard forgiveness. Is. Let's be honest. Forgiveness is hard. It is hard. Y'all you're more saved than I am. But for me, it's hard. You kill my cat, I'm going to kill your dog. It's hard. But Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind one to another. Oh, my God. Help, uh, help Fox News. Help CNN. Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Biblical reconciliation, first of all, says, whatever God does to you, do it to others. Do it to others. Whatever God does to you, do it to others. Whatever God does to you, do it to the others. The other ministry is all through the book of John. We we must understand that biblical reconciliation. The the core of it begins with forgiveness. The steps to forgiveness is process this verse here. I want you to process this verse. Let's read it again. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now let's process that backwards. First, you receive God's forgiveness through Christ's death on the cross. So first you have to receive his forgiveness to you. And then you reciprocate it to others. Everybody say, to me and then to others. Now, when you think that they've done you too bad for you to forgive them, think about Christ and beat that. If you can beat Christ on the cross, then you don't have to worry about tomorrow unless you get up in three days. But think about what Christ did on our behalf. Bore our sins and forgave us. Then look at the other process. God forgave you. Then look at forgive one, forgive one another as. Now, this prepares you to forgive. When you forgive one another, uh, this prepares you to work in the cycle of forgiveness, and then it says, "Allow the Holy Spirit to tenderize your heart." The Holy Spirit really has to tenderize your heart, and you know how you get your heart tenderized is when you, whenever you are, are working on a good piece of meat, you have to work on it. And I've seen I've seen some some say, "Amen," that you you gotta whatever they do that meat cleaver thing sometimes praise god situations may have to have to pound you to the place where you surrender the holy spirit have to pound you to the place that you surrender to god don't you know god can take you under so he can take you over god can lift you 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 got to go to your go down to your knees before god can lift you up where you can lift your hands up to god I didn't understand the process where God was taking me through all the while God was taking me through. it, And then it says, be kind one to another. I've never lived in a, in a day. And let me tell you something. I, I, I'm old enough to, to remember the colored fountains and the white fountains. I remember the day that a black man could not sit at a counter to eat. I went to a school where I wasn't allowed to go from the first grade to the seventh grade to a mixed school. I had to go only to a white school. I lived in a day where I couldn't live in certain areas of town. I lived during that time. I lived through the Civil Rights Movement. I lived through the assassination of John F. Kennedy and Dr. King. I lived through those times. So I understand the moment that, that was then, And the moment by choice that we have now and by choice we have a chance to forgive by choice we have a chance to love by choice we have a chance to come in and worship together by choice we can look like we look here today where there's black people brown people and white people are here lifting up their hands in God praising God by choice because we love one another This is not an accident. This right here. This is God's plan not only for Bethel, but this is a plan for four world And Bethel can lead and show how it's done. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? <laughs> Glory to God. Now, let me hurry to a quick. You see. We forgive because God forgave. Process of reconciliation. See, he counseled, according to Colossians 2 and 14, the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands, this He set aside and nailed it to the cross. A legal obligation to die was upon mankind, was upon us, because we transgressed the law of God. It was canceled. And because of Jesus, we have access to heaven. Colossians 2 and 15 says this, He disarmed the rules and authority and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. See, Satan was disarmed in in his bondage that he had on us to hate one another. That, 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 that you and me and us and them and we're against them and we don't like them and they, Jesus disarmed the devil and said, I made one man out of two through the blood of Jesus Christ. One thing I'm glad about today, it doesn't matter what color your skin is, When we're covered in the blood of Jesus, we're all blood washed and we're red in the crimson blood of Jesus. Aren't you glad about that today? When God looks at you and I that are redeemed, he sees his son's blood and says, you're covered as my children. And I thank God for that. You know what what makes it easy for me when people don't understand biblical reconciliation and I hear a bunch of foolishness, I just smile and say, God, thank you for an opportunity for me to share the gospel. What an opportunity when someone calls me their brother the n-word. What an opportunity. It used to be an opportunity for them to get a knuckle uh, sandwich. That's what the opportunity used to be. It used to be an opportunity for them to lose a few teeth. But now is an opportunity for me to share the gospel. You see, I choose not to be offended over stupidity. How can stupid stuff offend someone that got any kind of intelligence? I didn't say stupid people. I wanted to. I didn't say stupid people. I say stupid stuff. For anyone to call you a name and they don't even, uh, out of your name, and they don't even know you, is stupid stuff but I get a chance to share who my daddy is. Who my father is. And I get to ask him, do you have the same daddy? We just might be brothers. If Jesus died for you and God is your father, we just might be kinfolk. 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 Look at somebody and say, Kinfolk. <laughs> now listen. Ephesians is full of this stuff. Paul writes this in Ephesians two, fourteen through sixteen. He says, He himself is our peace. Glory. Who has made us. Both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the command, the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. My God, do you see biblical rec- Do you see the opportunity that the church has to preach to the world? Let's end this hostility. Let's end all this stuff because we've been made one through Jesus Christ. Bible says, quit it. Bible says, grow up. Bible says, put your agenda aside and recognize that we're all sinners saved by grace. Two become one. Brought together, ending the hostility. Now, Edward Welch said this, the flesh has a sinful bent toward self-interest. It is committed to the question, what's in it for me? Satan is a liar and a divider. The most explicit biblical teaching on spiritual warfare is in Ephesians 6. We find in that book the emphasis on unity. Satan's most potent strategy is, is to to fracture and divide people to where they are against one another and we let the pulpits of the media and TV preach the division to us so where now the church brings that division and do not preach biblical reconciliation, now we're spewing out from our pulpits the same rhetoric that we hear on the pulpits of the media. But there is a biblical way and a biblical message that God has. That's why my, my, my brother that didn't stay in the oven long enough They call me and say, hey, brother, can you come over? And we just have a little conversation with the people of God. And I said, man, I loved you. That's why I'm here today. Because me and him are. That's why. I don't look at. He does need a little tan, but I don't look at him. <laughs> I don't look at him as as my outside other brother. I look at him as my brother that's blood washed in the blood of Jesus. And me and him going to spend a long time together in heaven. So I say, hey, let's hang out right now while we're down here. We miss each other when we don't see each other. We really do. We hug and we try to catch up in in 15 minutes before church started. And then we promise that we're going to get together all know, We'll get together and then it'll be a year before we see each other again. We're going to change that. See, Christians do forgiveness. Now, Christians now, think of us. Christianity through forgiveness is an act of peacemaking. Purchased and made possible by the cross. Paul writes and says it this way. He himself is our peace. That's in Ephesians 2. 14 through 16, he himself is our peace who has made us. Now, I read that scripture just a moment ago. He has made us now, and he has broken down in his flesh divided walls of hostility. Where did it happen? It happened in Christ. It did not happen. Amen. Uh, last week, it did not happen in Washington, D.C. It did not happen in Austin, it happened already at the cross of Jesus Christ. He abolished it, he tore it down, and it all happened in Christ. Now, because we are his, we do, we know how to process biblical reconciliation. Hostility died on Calvary's Hill. Yes. Yes. Jesus warns in Matthew 6, 14, 15. If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their transgressions, neither will your heavenly father forgive you of your transgressions. If you don't do it, he won't do it. If you do it, he'll do it. Biblical reconciliation says you do it, And watch me do it. God knows how to show up. And God knows how to show out. Won't he do it? See, that was was a black preacher said by now. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? All right, all right. I'm going to have him touch in a minute. Now, let, let, let me just tell you before I quit. In the seven seats of reconciliation, The first seat in reconciliation, God said to me, he said, you have to realize that you can't reconcile nothing until you let me, God said this to me, until you let me reconcile you. See, reconciliation has to start with God. It is God that reconciles us back unto himself through Christ Jesus. So it starts with God. So if I had a table with seven seats, the, the one who would sit at the, the head of the table would be God. And then God would say, come here, come here, Aaron Charles, That's who my mama used to call me. My mama used to call me Aaron Charles when I was in trouble. I, she called me Aaron most of the time. Now, she called me Aaron, she called me Aaron Charles a lot of times. And she called me Aaron Charles when I was in trouble. So she called me Aaron Charles a lot. God said, come here, Aaron Charles. You sin and come short. Come and sit on my knee. And I'm going to introduce you to Jesus. And then your sins are going to be hid in his. And I'm going to send him to die. So I sit in Jesus' lap. He's sitting in the first seat. Do you know what the second seat in the seat of reconciliation is? God said to me, he said, you can't go to Baltimore until you reconcile your wife. He said, I'm going to give you the ability to do that. I'm going to reconcile you. Now, I want you, husband, to love your wife even as I love the church. So God, I'm going I'm to have the ability to love my wife like you and gave your son. He said, yes, through me, from me, through Jesus, you can love your wife. I had to learn in in biblical reconciliation, I had to start at home. I had to start with my wife. And if I had a table here, she'd come and sit at this table, at this chair. The next seat, God said, he said, I want you now to reconcile your children. He said, now fathers, I don't want you to provoke your children to wrath. I don't want you to... To discipline them or not discipline them and cause them to be, have anger. Start with your own family. So God wouldn't let me go to Baltimore until I, my wife and my children. So I called on my, I wrote, I wrote an email to all of my children telling them I love them, telling them that I'm sorry they got a daddy when he was in his twenties who did not know how to really be a father. Because my daddy wasn't there, so I didn't know how to be a father. So I wrote an email to every one of them and apologized. They called me up and said, Daddy, what's wrong with you? You got cancer or something? So I, 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 my children were sitting at the next seat. The next seat that God said, God said, you have to reconcile those that are not a part of your family that we call orphans that we call foster children, that we call those that are outside, that the church really don't know how to do it. Some may say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to foster and adopt. Everybody's not called to foster and adopt. Your season may not be there, but everybody's called to do something. So God said, tell the church to reconcile the orphan. Now notice God is here, wife is here, children is there, the orphan, and then he said, tell the church. Notice seat number five is the church. Preach to the church, biblical reconciliation. Tell the church how they need to come and reconcile to me so they can be a voice in the community. If the church doesn't reconcile me, then they are not going to be the proper voice to every nation to every creation, to all people. It's amazing how we spend millions of dollars. I'm talking to church. Millions of dollars overseas. But we don't know how to do missional work over the tracks. It's amazing how we go. to same color people overseas. But really don't know how to do the same color people overseas, really over the tracks. But God said, Blake, I'm going to give you a message. I'm going to give you a method. And you train and teach the church how to start Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, then utmost. Bring the church back to biblical community reconciliation. So we got the God, wife, children, orphan, church then community, then government. But notice the sandwich. Seat number five is the church. In between is the orphan, the children, the wife, and God. If we sandwich those first in here, then we can deal with community and government to go out there. The seven seats of biblical reconciliation. One of the days I'll come back and walk those through with you. The seven seats of biblical reconciliation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are God. (laughs) That loved us so much. That before the foundation of the world. You gave your son to die, that we may be reconciled back unto you. So God, I'm here today. Not that I have obtained, but I press toward the mark of the high call which is in Christ Jesus. I want to be more like you, God. There's times in me, God, that tension and anger rises up when I see injustice, when I see children abused, abandoned, used as sex objects, even murdered, that it angers me. There's times, God, when I see injustice, injustice like it was with Freddie Gray, but also injustice like it was when five officers in Dallas, Texas, was murdered by an armed assassin. Help us, God, the church. Help me to repent and hear you. Somebody may be in this room right now today that's saying, God, forgive me. Wherever in those seven seats that you may find a place where God needs to deal with you, He's here to do it. Lord, you do the work. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
0: Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you and it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group, but let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.